0: I remember almost shaking my fist at heaven like, you have to be kidding me, Lord. I, I don't know if you've noticed, but He's not real lovable right now. Right. Right. And I felt like the Lord um, heard me, but He whispered back to my heart, and sometimes you aren't either, Jill. Welcome to the No More Perfect podcast, where we talk about the messy, less than perfect, but real stuff of life. My name's Jill Savage, and I'll be your host. I'm so glad you're here. Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to the No More Perfect Podcast. You know, several months ago, I received an email from Siobhan Davis. Now, I did not know Siobhan, and she reached out asking if I'd be willing to, well, actually, if Mark and I would be willing to be speakers at her online summit. She was doing a faith-based online marriage summit. That's right down our alley. And we said, yes, we'd love to do that. Uh, Siobhan calls herself a relationship strategist. She's a coach who helps purpose driven millennials restore their marriages through God's word. Now that is a woman on mission. And so I loved our conversation. It was electric and um, energetic and just had so much depth to it, that I reached back out to her and said, Hey, uh, what if we shared our conversation on the No More Perfect podcast? And she said, Yes, let's do it. So today's episode is uh, the conversation that Mark and I had with Siobhan and um, I will make sure and uh, include information over to Siobhan's website and her social media and such if you'd like to uh, learn more about her. In this case, she's interviewing us. We're not interviewing her, um, but uh, she offers some great resources, and I want to make sure that you know about her as well. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as we did.
1: Hey, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in for another day of the Val Renewal Summit. We are so excited to have you guys back here. We want to first of all, thank you for your consistency. Thank you for constantly showing up for yourself and your marriages. The summit has been phenomenal thus far. We have been blessed with so much knowledge and most of all practical um, tools based on, on God's word to, um, to understand how to rekindle, reconnect. Recreate intimacy and authentic connection within our marriages for those of you who may or may not know I am Siobhan Davis your host I'm just excited to be here doing God's work and we are not even going to prolong it We have Mm. two phenomenal speakers with us today. We have Jill and Mark Savage. They are authors Um, They are speakers and they are marriage coaches for the gospel, for the kingdom of God. Look, I can't even get my words right today because (laughs) I'm so excited. But marriage coaches for the kingdom of God. And they are going to speak to us today about something that we all need understanding the process of reconciliation in marriage. So I'm excited. I'm, I'm an onlooker today. I have my pen and my pad, as usual, to take some notes with you guys. And they are going to introduce themselves and let us know who they are and what they do. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's so good to be here. Yeah,
2: glad to join you, Siobhan.
1: So
0: Mark and I have been married uh, 28 wonderful years and we're getting ready to celebrate our 38th wedding anniversary. Oh. Now do the math on that one. Right. <laughs> yeah.
2: those, weren't, those weren't uh, 10 <laughs> bad years in a row. It was just a challenge here, challenge there, big challenge here, another challenge there. It's the marriage normal, is up
0: and
1: down.
2: Yeah, the normal ebb, ebb and flow of of marriage.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So wait, I just want to make sure I understand and that the people are understanding because you guys <laughs> threw me, you just threw me for a doozy with that one. <laughs> so know. celebrating 38 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, 28 of them happily. Wow. So was it like the first 10 or what? No,
0: no. It was, um, it was just, uh, you know, we'd have two or three hard years and then we, things would even out and we would do okay. And mm-hmm. then we'd have, a hard season and then things would be okay. And then we'd have a really hard season and then things would be okay. So, you know, we just kind of look back over our seasons and go, yeah, there was a, a it about added up to about
1: 10 rough years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you guys are about to have me do something out of the ordinary because we don't usually do this. We just jump straight into the questions, but I'm just feeling led for you guys to like really, before you even get into the story, to just like really look into the camera and encourage the husband and wife that's watching right now. That's Mm -hmm. like, no, I I can't do this with you anymore. I'm leaving, Mm -hmm. I'm out. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I want to tell you that uh, we have uh, walked alongside a a lot of couples and lived through that very uh, same struggle and intensity. And, uh, what I want you to know is that there's hope and that, uh, Jill and I talk a lot about the 1.0 marriage and then the 2.0 marriage and, uh, Jill and I lived a 1.0 marriage and we didn't like those folks real well. Mm. yeah but, but we, we didn't loved. realize
0: it then but <laughs> no. now we look back and we've we've made so many changes yeah um that you know now we call ourselves Mark and Jill 2.0 and wow. um and we want we want you to know those of you that are out there and you're hurting we want you to know that there's a 2.0 relationship waiting mm. for
2: you and that 2.0 relationship is between the two of you and that you can do this and uh with the Lord's help he'll transform you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So what what was different from the 1.0, your 1.0 cells and your 2.0 cells? And how did you even get to the place of understanding that something needed to change? Well, well that really that comes <laughs> down to our story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's get let's get right into yeah. it. Let's just jump anymore. in. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Well we um
2: you know
0: what uh we have As we said, you know, things have been up and down um, over the years uh, for a lot of reasons. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were in full-time ministry. Mark was a pastor for 20 years. Mm -hmm. Um, I led a nonprofit ministry to moms for 24 years. Mm -hmm. And so, needless to say, life was very busy. We have five children, Mm -hmm. uh, four biological, one adopted. Um, So, you know, we were running at a pretty high pace.
2: Um, Mm -hmm. in the
0: midst of that, uh, our differences, uh, we were always having to navigate our differences. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, on top of that, um, there was, um, our backgrounds and, uh, you know, how we each grew up. Mm -hmm. Um, and then on top of that, Mark has struggled with depression Mm -hmm. and, uh, toxic shame from the home that he grew up in. Mm -hmm. So all of that together you know, has contributed to the ups and the downs of marriage. But uh, 10 years ago, it, it really came to a head. Um, Mark had just left pastoring, and I think we both underestimated how much his identity was wrapped
2: up. I, absolutely. I I wasn't, uh, I would have said my identity wasn't in pastoring, it was in Christ, but uh, I went through a very dark season, midlife crisis, affair included, mm-hmm. and uh, left Jill and the kids riding off into this new relationship. But mm. the problem was I took somebody with me and that person was a mess and that person was me. Mm. And God, oh my God, yep, God used uh, that mess that I created to really begin the process of radical transformation because Yes, for the first time in my life honestly Siobhan I fully repented and surrendered who was going to lead my life now before that I would have said that I had uh, surrendered and God was the Lord of my life but bottom line I argued debated fought and complained and just whined like a like a little puppy dog and, uh, made a mess.
0: Yeah. And it was a dark, dark year, Siobhan.
2: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: a very, very dark year. Um, I initially discovered the infidelity when it was just emotional. Um, he initially said he had broke it off, but he didn't, it went underground. Mm -hmm. Um, then I discovered when it turned physical and, um, and he would recommit. But then he would go back to the other relationship. He would recommit. He would go back to the other relationship.
2: I did that seven times.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, and finally, on uh, the sixth time, uh, he actually left. That's when he left. And, um, man, I just was walking a story that I thought I never thought this would be my life. I never mm-hmm. thought this would be my story. Um, but um, it was uh, Easter Sunday of uh, uh, 2012 when we like to say Mark had his own personal resurrection.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, And it was a a pretty, a pretty powerful, um, you know, I just saw him literally have a transformation before my very eyes. Uh, He had come to me. He had said, I want you to know that I am filing for divorce this week. Mm -hmm. Um, This is Easter morning.
2: Yeah. Um, I I was such a mess. I didn't even remember that it was Easter. Yeah. And so I came to Jill and told her that I was pursuing a divorce and, uh, I just didn't have it in me to do what, uh, what needed to be done. And really, I wasn't even sure what needed to be done to change this.
0: Yeah. And, um, I remember just being speechless when he said, Mm -hmm. I'm filing this week. I thought, um, I don't even know what to say, and I just—I mean, I just was literally praying in that moment. Lord, you—you you need to show me. I don't even know how to respond to this. Show me what to do. And that's mm-hmm. honestly where God had my surrender happened um, in the fall um, when I was. This was the. This was obviously spring since it was Easter. So in the fall, when I shortly after I had discovered um, the infidelity, and i I'd, I'd begged God to tell me what to do. And I heard one thing, one thing I heard, I want you to love him. Mm. And I'll tell you what, Siobhan, I, I remember almost shaking my fist at heaven. Like <laughs> you, you have to be kidding me, mm. Lord. Right. I, I don't know if you've noticed, but he's not real lovable right now. Right. right. And mm-hmm. I felt like the Lord um, heard me, but he whispered back to my heart. And sometimes you aren't either, Jill. Oh. and. I'll tell you what I said, all right, Lord, you love me when I'm unlovable. I don't know how to love that way. Mm -hmm. And God eventually took me to Romans 12, Romans 12, nine through 21. And, um, that became my marching orders. I read, I read it morning and night, morning and night for months, Romans 12, nine through 21. And that's what I, I, that was when I surrendered my will and I said, all right, Lord, until you tell me to do something different, I'm right. just going to proceed with love. And uh, and that's what I did. And so um, so that morning when he said that, I I was, you know, praying to the Lord. I don't know what to say. And the only thing that came to my mind is I said, you know, Mark, um, Jesus didn't want to go to the cross either.
1: He oh, asked, my Lord,' you mm-hmm. know, in
0: the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, he said, Lord, will you take this? From me, take this from me, Father, yeah. uh, but not my will, but yours be mm-hmm. done.
2: Yes. And it was at that moment that uh, that I I want to say my eyes were opened a little bit, and and I heard Jill, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is Easter, isn't it? And uh, there, for the previous week. Uh, this other relationship and I had been arguing and fussing Mm. and and I was struggling because I was like, this is the same place in essence that I'd found Jill and I in. Right. But but in my flesh, I felt like I needed to still walk out this divorce because that's the path that I had headed. And it was in that moment that uh, I heard the Lord say to me, Mark, if you'll trust me for the list, and what I had was a list of things that I held against Jill and I both, mm. and and embarrassingly, it was I had a written list. It was in my journal, and I just kept adding to it. This is wrong, that's wrong, we're wrong. And God said, "Mark, if you'll trust me for the list, I'll take care of the rest." And it and it was in that moment, Shavana, that I fully surrendered and repented and, and in essence, handed that list to the Lord and said, Dad, uh, I've made a terrible mess and I'll I'll totally surrender the list. And I looked to Jill. So uh, she probably thought I was schizophrenic. I mean, at one moment I'm saying I want a divorce yeah. and the next moment I'll say, I'll pray that prayer. And so I, I did. I modified the prayer that Christ prayed and not take this marriage from me, but father, not my will, but your will be done. And, uh, and I just, I made a full passionate commitment to do what God wanted to do. What dad, daddy, God wanted me to do.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. That is one. And I'm choosing this, this word on purpose, one hell of a story. Oh
2: my Yes. And just yeah. to
1: say, yeah. oh, I just y'all gave me chills.
2: Yeah. Well, what you
1: know, yeah. <laughs> story to just go through during Passion Week when Uh-oh. Christ literally had to go to hell.
2: Yeah. For yeah.
1: the vision to carry out, I'm just I'm I don't yeah. even have a follow up question right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well. And we were definitely living in that hell, and yes, we were. Uh, we both were a mess because, really, I had made a huge mess. But what was amazing was God took us, two couples that were broke, or two couples, two people that were broken, one couple, and and said, "I'm going to lead you through this." And right. that was really the posture of my heart was, God, I don't even know what to do.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, what I realized in that moment or over the next few days was that I had loved Jill very selfishly. Mm. I had, I had loved Jill uh, conditionally based upon what I was going to get out of the relationship. Yeah. And, and my prayer became father, I don't know how to love, show me how to love Jill, show me how to love this woman. Uh, And he really began to show me my selfishness and I began a journey of learning how to love radically different than I'd ever Mm -hmm. loved before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, What,
1: what, what did it feel like, like in that moment to just really surrender your heart in a different way, because that's different.
2: Oh, um, relief. You, it was relief. Yeah. Because I was, I was such a mess and, uh, and I was so angry at, I was angry, honestly, at God, because I felt like even in pastoring, I was mad at the church. I was mad that God didn't show up uh, the way he said in his word, and I was mad at Jill. I was Which mad at everybody. He did,
0: but you were seeing yes. through skewed right, perspectives. Right, right.
2: It wasn't the way I wanted it. and
0: That's
1: the same thing I was going to say, Jill.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he just had such a skewed perspective, and right. I just remember... There was such like a, like a peace came over him mm-hmm. because he'd been fighting. I mean, honestly, he hadn't just been fighting for a year. He'd been fighting all of our married life, right? Not, yeah. not just with me, but he'd been fighting in his heart, you know? And so I, I, he, there was just this peace over him. And after he prayed, he looked at me and he said, can we go to church? Mm. And I mean, it was Easter morning, right? And, and, and our I hadn't two been youngest were uh, you I hadn't been to church, a, yeah, for a almost a year, probably at that point. And uh, our youngest two had already gone to church; they were teenagers at the time, and they both had to serve, so they'd already taken off that morning. We were separated at the time, but we'd had a grandbaby the night before. And so uh, and so Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and that grandbaby was in Chicago, born in Chicago. So we'd gotten we'd we'd actually traveled up there together just because of uh, having the boys and and all of that. And so he had actually stayed the night. So we were together, which we shouldn't Mm -hmm. have even been together, but we were so Mm -hmm. grateful. So um, so yeah, he then said, Can we go to church? And we went to church Mm -hmm. and He said, can I spend the afternoon with you guys? And I could tell there was a difference. And I said, yes, you can. And so we spent the afternoon. And that evening, he and I were kind of sitting on the couch talking. And he said, I can't even remember what was on the list. Oh,
2: it was it was crazy. I mean, I could have recreated the list if I needed to, but it no longer had a hold over me. And what? What I realized was in surrender, I felt at peace, but it felt honestly so foreign to me that I almost felt afraid because I'd, I'd been used to being a self-made man in control, uh, determined and moving forward and uh, in the mess that I had created, I was I was overwhelmed, but I also had this crazy trust, that was just birthing, uh, almost like some of the volcanoes that we're seeing on on Instagram and Facebook lately. Yeah, it just this trust was just igniting within me that uh, I'm getting goosebumps Think about that. You, um,
1: <laughs> I wasn't even
2: there, and, I'm, <laughs> and it was like, um, like all of a sudden, I was really trusting the Lord and all the things that i had held against him i let go of and is like everything that i had held against life i let go of and was just reconciled to almost like a toddler i'm gonna hold the hand of daddy god and just do what he wants that's and that's honestly been the posture of my heart is i just want to do what daddy god wants and uh and i'm gonna I'm going to do what he wants and go where he's, where he says. Mm-hmm.
1: That is just, hmm. I'm just, I'm listening and I'm just hearing, I'm just trying to process all of the things that yeah. even got you guys to that space. And just to hear you say, God said, if you trust me with the list, I'm just hearing like, if you trust me with this crucifixion, if you trust me and crucify your flesh,
2: if yeah. you
1: really lay down your life, that list for your wife, mm-hmm. because you said you had your own personal resurrection, I will resurrect this marriage. And Jill, yes.
2: what,
1: if you can just walk us, because we got to, we got to, <laughs> if you can just, because it's like I read the devotional, but to hear you guys tell it, I feel like I'm watching the movie right now. I feel <laughs> like
2: yeah. Watching,
1: the transformation of, of like your real 2.0 marriage. And as I said, I wasn't there. Right. I just keep hearing the yielding.
0: Yes. Yes. So very true. Yes. And you know, so many people have asked me, why did you stay? Like, why did you stand for your marriage? And And I I, wanted to ask
1: you, how did you stay? Not why I'm clear. Why? (laughs) testimony. Like your work is a testimony to the why I really need you to walk us through the how. Yeah, Yeah. that's very true. Um, I will tell you that Romans
0: 12 was my marching orders. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so that was sustaining me. It Mm -hmm. was, it was carrying me. And until I was, until God told me to do something different, that's all I knew to do. And, um, and I, I will say there were some very practical things that I did. Like for instance, especially after Mark left, um, I mean, I was a wreck. Don't, don't get me wrong. Um, you know, when he left, uh, I, I ended up having a friend that came and stayed with me for three days. Um, I, my, my boys, my teenage boys would not have eaten had she not been here. Mm. Uh, I would not have eaten. I I would not have, you know, even drank water had she not been here. She literally just, you know, made sure the house kept running. I mean, and I was so grateful. Um, I would, um, I started, you know, I'd go go to bed. Bed was the, the nighttime was the hardest for me. In fact, I, I wrote a little, I wrote a blog post in the midst of that called sleeping single in a king size bed. Oh, that was the, that was the hardest part for me, but I started, um, I started to take my Bible to bed with me and it would be the last thing I would read. Even if it was just one or two verses, it'd be the last thing I'd read. I'd lay it on Mark's empty pillow. And then in the morning, it'd be the first thing I'd see and I'd grab it again. So I would say that God's word sustained me um, I continued in counseling. Um, we had been going to counseling together. He had obviously quit, mm-hmm. and I continued in counseling, and that was uh, that was also sustaining me. Uh, my counselor really encouraged me to be still. Yeah. Um, he said, "Jill, you are a type A driven, but I need you to take care of your soul." Mm-hmm. Um, and then my my friend. Uh, I had a dear friend that really challenged me um, partway through. And she said, Jill, um, you got to be careful here. You can't make saving your marriage an idol. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. You can't do that. Yeah. She said, you have got to get God on the throne. Your mm. marriage is not on the throne. Jill, And that mm-hmm. was really powerful for me. Mm -hmm. And I think by doing that, because honestly I was starting to kind of spin out with my marriage on the throne. And when she challenged me and I got it back in the right place and, and I, and honestly, I got to a place where I said, you know what, whether my marriage makes it or it doesn't make it, I'm going to be okay. Yes. I'm going to be okay. And, um, and I, I, I had heard um, author and speaker, Jennifer Rothschild, I'd heard her speak several years earlier, and she's a, a blind woman. And she was she said something, it, and it referred to her blindness, but it came back to me in the midst of the season. And what she said is, it is not well with my circumstances, but it is well with my soul. Yes. And I was like, all right, Lord, it is not well with my circumstances, but I am determined it is going to be well with my soul. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's really, um, really kind of became my mantra. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, and so I think that all of those together were the, were the how.
1: So where Jill, cause I'm, I know that every couple watching right now, mm-hmm. where did you put the anger, the resentment, the bitterness, all of the emotions that I'm, I'm so sure you were flooded with. Where did you put that?
0: Yeah, at the feet of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to tell you, that didn't mean I didn't express them. I expressed them at the feet of Jesus. <laughs> right. Right? I mean,
2: mm-hmm.
0: the uh, there were times I was flat on my face on the floor of my living room, crying my eyes out, but putting that pain and that grief and that fear and and pouring my heart out of all of those things to him. And, um, and so, and that was new for me. I'm going to be honest with you because, you know, one of the things that we uh, often talk about is I did not cause my husband's affair, yes, but I did contribute to the dysfunction in our marriage. Yes. We both did. Mm -hmm. And one of the places that I did that is that, uh, a Jill Mm 1.0, um, was an avoider. Mm. So I, I, I like to say that Jill 1.0 was emotionally constipated, (laughs) (laughs) um, Jill 2.0 has learned that God has given us emotions for a reason. And she's learned that she needs to express them and she needs to tune into them. Now they don't always tell us the truth and we can't let them lead us. Yeah. But uh, we also don't stuff them. Okay. Because by stuffing them, I unknowingly uh, sent a message to my husband that I did not need him. Oh, come
1: on, Jill. You see, Mm
0: -hmm. I I sent him this message. I didn't mean to, but see, I didn't need anybody because I was like strong. Like Mm -hmm. I was, I kind of was raised in the buck up Mm -hmm. mindset. And so, you know, if life got hard, you don't, you don't throw a fit and you don't cry and you don't, you just buck up, you get strong. Well, what I didn't realize is that that was, that didn't make me very compassionate with myself. It didn't make Mm -hmm. me very compassionate with others. And so that was a place where um, I had to move from uh, Jill 1.0 to Jill 2.0. And uh, when I did that, you know, it, it uh, began to um, open up intimacy in a new way for us, mm-hmm. uh, you know, emotional intimacy. Mm-hmm. So I would say that God used that very painful season. I'm trying to tell you. That uh, mm-hmm. he used that pain for the purpose of breaking that in my heart mm-hmm. in a good way.
2: Yeah.
0: And, and I needed that. And whether my marriage made it or not, I needed that. Yeah. There, you know, I, I needed because honestly, Jill 2.0 is not only a better wife, uh, she's not only a healthier individual, she's a better mom. Yeah. Because you know, I'm much more compassionate with my kids. I'm much more compassionate with my grandkids um, than I was uh, before. And so, God has used that pain for His purposes in my life.
1: Absolutely. I want you guys to really um, get us into the talking of the of the slow fades. Like, what are slow fades,
2: mm-hmm. and like,
1: why should every couple understand them? Like, how do we get to these places, right? Mm-hmm. But as you were speaking, Jill, and you said Mm -hmm. that you were emotionally constipated, there's something one of the speakers has said, and he was like, relationships are full of BS. Mm -hmm. And when you said that, you made me think about it. And he said, people think that I'm talking about the BS BS, but it's full of belief systems. Mm Mm-hmm. That's breaking down the marriages from the inside mm-hmm. of the yep. individual because we're not willing to let these things go. So when I when I heard you say that, it's like you weren't willing to let those things go, like you weren't willing to be wrong about how you were currently processing to even get. To.
2: Mm-hmm. I was just
1: So do you guys yeah. like really just the grace and mercy of God to even have such a break in? To put yeah. That oh, yeah. Together? Yes. yeah. Yes. Yes. Yes.
2: And And praise him.
0: Yes, absolutely. And you know what? Um, So the slow fades. So let me define it. And then you're right. Because what we just talked about is one of the slow fades. So we'll talk Mm -hmm. about that. But a slow fade. So we got the concept um, from uh, an old casting crown song. It's it's a slow fade. And in that song, uh, one of the lyrics is, no marriage crumbles in a day. It's a slow fade. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what we found is, is that couples can look really good on the outside. We did, yes. right. Mm-hmm. But underneath the surface of their marriage is a, uh, it is a pulling apart of their hearts
2: yeah, and
0: it, it happens is. ever so slightly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's like, you know, something happens and it pulls your heart apart quarter inch at a, <laughs> a quarter inch. Well, we don't feel a quarter inch. Yeah. But when that quarter inch adds to another quarter and another quarter and another quarter over years and years and years, you now have the hearts that are not quarter inch apart, but they're now what people would describe as miles apart. Yeah. And so what we want to do is we want to help couples understand how hearts get pulled apart so that they understand what these slow fades are, which ones are doing damage to their relationship so that they can stop them. First, they can stop them before there's more distance. But second, so that they understand uh, what is pulling them apart, and they can actually um, stop it and begin to close those gaps. Mm-hmm. And those can be closed. So the the mm-hmm. so we identified um, initially we identified seven slow fades. Right, right? Um, and uh, of those. The one that was the biggest one for me was the slow fade of avoiding emotion. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I just explained that one, you know, that was, and it was pulling our hearts apart because I just couldn't be vulnerable in my marriage. Mm -hmm. If I was hurting, I would go to my bedroom and cry by myself. Mm -hmm. I'd wipe my, I'd I'd wash my face and I'd come out and I'd be just fine. So, or I would just stuff it
2: Mm -hmm. either
0: way. Right. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the slow fades.
2: Another slow fade is unrealistic expectations. Oh, that was one that I brought. Uh, and really I grew that in childhood. My, the home I grew up in was such a mess and, uh, two men who were to be dad to me. And yet they were both a mess themselves and
0: stepfather and father. Mm Yeah. And
2: so I, uh, I really came into my my marriage with all these expectations of what my family was going to be like of what my life was going to be like and what happened was my unrealistic expectations just created a huge gap between reality and this fantasy and so i lived in perpetual disappointment and when you live in disappointment you live in discouragement and ultimately yeah. you live in death to your heart. And, uh, James talks about, about that very thing. And so, uh, the unrealistic expectations was a deep, slow fade for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So that, that's the concept of the slow fades and, you know, I mean, we can share just a few others. One is uh, minimizing,
2: mm-hmm. uh, okay.
0: couples, that, you know, feel, uh, they either minimize their spouse's thoughts and feelings or or they minimize their own thoughts and feelings. So that's one, um, the slow fade of, um, not accepting. And when your spouse, when either, if you're always feeling like your spouse is trying to change you, um, then you feel rejected by them. And you, I'll tell you what, you know that the slow fade of not accepting is happening when um, when your prayer is, God, would you please change him? Mm-hmm. Or God, would you please change her? That's when you know that that's the slow fade of not accepting is happening because you're constantly asking God to make, to, yeah. to change them.
2: Another one is naivety, uh, to knowingly place yourself in uh, positions of compromise, uh, mm. with people of the opposite sex. Uh, pridefully believing that you uh, that you got this handle, and what yes. happens is it handles you, and it is very destructive. Yeah.
1: So, so that's, well, that's that's why there's those... yeah leaving yeah. yep. the back door open.
2: Yep, absolutely. Yep, yep.
0: So that's the concept of the slow fades, and and you know one of the things we said, I mean we initially. Identified them just for us. Right. And, and then we were kind of, we would share them with friends, you know, that we were maybe having dinner with or whatever. And they're like, gosh, I think that's happening in my marriage. Yeah. So eventually, mm-hmm. you know, when we wrote our No More Perfect Marriages book, we said, we have got to talk about the slow fades because what if we can help people to identify them and stop them? before it's before that gap is is so big that it takes longer to close it. It's yeah. never impossible to close it, but boy, if we can this if we can I understand it sooner rather than later, what a difference that can make.
2: I, I'm really feeling led to mention another slow fade and I guess I want to follow Holy Spirit on this, but defensiveness is Ooh. a big one. And defensiveness is that perpetual a dissatisfaction, that perpetual conflict that doesn't find resolution. And so we end up just really battling with each other and are defensive. And it's incredibly destructive.
0: Yeah, because we, and when the slow fade of defensiveness happens, you don't feel heard right. by your spouse. Right. You don't feel heard or seen or valued by your spouse. And mm-hmm. so you, you want to stop that
1: slow fade yeah um, the, the holy spirit just sent you for me i i receive it though i receive
2: it <laughs> oh good my that was for you. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: received my correction and I'm <laughs> thankful for the grace um one of the ones that that when i read you guys um devotional as i stated me and my husband read it together the acceptance one was one for me i think jill is saying like the the just like the coffee stain on the table it was really yeah. simple but it just, it, it stood out to me in a different way because it's like, okay, it made me, it was a heart check for me. Like, okay, mm-hmm. where can you afford to just give the grace and the space for him to be him? And yeah, like, where mm-hmm. can you afford to just like really reflect on you? Because you don't get it right all the time. And, and, and when you talked about the coffee stain, I just thought about like the tags. My husband, when he gets like new clothes, he'll take the tag off and leave it on a dress. And I'm like, when I read the devotional, God is like, Mm -hmm. okay, is that such a big thing that it always needs to be announced? And even though I do it in a passive, aggressive manner, like, you know, Mm -hmm. you left another tag jokingly, but being serious and just reading that, that, that was one of the ones that I really meditated on and not just for my marriage, but like also with my children.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, I'm
1: just so grateful that, that I was able to be a, a beneficiary, beneficiary of that devotional, and even sitting with you guys. Now, Um, one thing I definitely wanted you guys to speak on, because I think that you are like the perfect people to speak on it. Can you tell us about the importance of forgiveness and like what can unforgiveness do to a marriage? Yes. Mm Yes. Well, one um,
0: forgiveness. So one of the things we also talk about in our No More Perfect Marriages is um, we talk about the eight God tools because the eight God tools actually stop the slow fades. And one of the God tools is forgiveness. Right. And um, we uh, we've learned a lot about forgiveness. I'll tell Mm -hmm. you, we like to say that it is probably the most underused God tool in our toolbox. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, because most of us don't recognize that, you know, if you're married and you're living under the same roof as another person, you probably need to be forgiven like a dozen times a day. Yeah. And most right. of us aren't. No. And
1: that's at minimum. Right. I
0: know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. I know. And so, mm-hmm. um, so forgiveness is huge, but we think that forgiveness happens between two people, but forgiveness really happens between your heart and God. mm. Mm-hmm. It's really far more a vertical process than it is a horizontal process. Now, amends needs to happen between you and another person. And forgiveness is a part of amends. Right. Mm -hmm. We've got to make things right when we have hurt each other. But um, we don't realize that. The other thing we don't realize is that forgiveness is a choice. Yeah. It is, is a decision you're not going to feel like forgiving. You're going to have to choose it. Mm-hmm. And it's a choice to not, I, I like to say that it is how we keep our heart untangled. Mm. It, you know, if we don't forgive, then our heart just gets all tangled up and then it grows hard Yeah, and grows bitter. So um, we need to forgive. And you know, you talked about grace earlier. Here's what we've learned. If something hurts you, you need to use your God tool of forgiveness. If something irritates you, you need to use your God tool of grace.
2: And a lot of times we confuse irritation with hurt. Yes, monk. Because we jump to uh, the assumption that our spouse is doing this on purpose to hurt us, but they're really not. It's and, and so grace. It, so it's important to utilize those tools in the right way, yeah. and uh,
0: and definitely your husband's tags—they
2: irritate you,
0: yet. right? <laughs> they do. Let's be honest, yeah,
2: they right. do. Well, and we all got the—we all
0: have those. Yeah,
2: we do. Um, another thing we learned about forgiveness is forgiveness does not equal trust. Now, if oh, that's trust, trust is important when we hurt one another, we've got to rebuild that trust. But forgiveness is the doorway to trust being rebuilt, but it Ooh. doesn't, it doesn't equal, they're not the same. No. And so they're different, different process. Well,
0: a lot of times people are hesitant for to forgive because they think then I got to trust. Right. Yes. And it's like, no, 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 no. You forgiving does not rebuild trust, rebuilt trust is rebuilt by changed behavior over time. Yeah. There is no other way for trust to be rebuilt. Mm-hmm. So you now it can't be rebuilt if forgiveness hasn't initially happened. Absolutely. That opens that door, but there is no shortcut for rebuilding trust. Mm-hmm. And so um, that, that just happens over time. And, so that's what's really, really important. And we recently uh, created a roadmap for rebuilding trust. Um, yeah. And we created a course for it um, because so many couples don't know what to do mm-hmm. when life has been hard and when crisis has happened. And and we we didn't have, you know, we kind of fumbled our way through it. And we were like, all right, how can we... How can we help couples so they're not fumbling their way through it? They actually know the path to get them from point A to point B and to begin to rebuild trust in a broken relationship.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, this is just like one last thing. And if you guys can speak like from a husband and a wife perspective. So, what is available in intimacy on the other side of reconciliation? So, like, we've gone through Mm. the process, we took the steps to get there. What does that do for the intimacy in marriage? Are you talking,
0: um, emotional intimacy or physical intimacy? Any, anyone
1: that you guys want to speak about.
2: Okay. Okay. Well,
1: about intimacy. So,
2: well, um, it transforms and I would say that I am living the marriage that I always dreamt. Oh, and, uh, I tried like crazy for the first half of our life together to make that happen in my time in my way uh sexual intimacy was a frustration to me going back to that unrealistic expectation uh and going back to selfishness that i interacted with jill i served her i loved her really based on what i was going to get out of it and what i was going to get out of it always came back to sex and so i I had to really learn to love Jill because I love Jill not because of of her body and what I was going to gain. And so all of a sudden our physical intimacy and emotional intimacy was richer and deeper and genuine. Yes. And mm-hmm. that that was new. That was new for us.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I would definitely say that I feel like um, we're safer with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, we're safer, um, We, you know, now that, I mean, Mark and Jill 1.0 had a lot of defensiveness in it. Mark and Jill 2.0 mm-hmm. has really slowed down our communication. We listen to try to understand instead yeah. of listening to respond, mm-hmm. you know, um, and so, uh, I would say we have a deeper connection yep. than we've ever had. Right. And, I agree. and so the intimacy both, um, and we like to say that the definition of intimacy is into me, see. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I feel like he knows my heart so much better. Um, mm-hmm. I know his heart so much better. And, um, and so the intimacy, the emotional intimacy is deeper. And if your emotional intimacy is deeper, then your sexual intimacy is better.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. This just have been, mm. I'm just going to tell you right now, this is one of my favorites. I, this <laughs> this deserves like a replay daily mm-hmm. for me <laughs> um, because I'm just hearing and, and while I just sat and just just ate it all up and just ate up everything that you guys say. The yielding, it was just like you you had to yield. It had to be consistent. The dying mm-hmm. every every day, like every moment for what you wanted. The altar that mm-hmm. we build around the, the false reality of what we think marriage is going to oh, be. Oh, yeah. Before we get into it, to having a mutual understanding, to the brokenness in order to be restored. Y'all just
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: planted so many seeds today. So many mm-hmm. seeds that couples can really... Walk away from understanding because this to me was a story of hope. It was it's not something y'all read in a book. This is really you live this thing out, Mm
2: -hmm. live
1: this thing out, and you found something somewhere, you found some type of hope in your faith. Because I don't care what your faith is in God. Sometimes tests and trials come and you like my faith is not even, I can't even find the way to activate it. So to be able mm-hmm. to be a partaker of you guys suffering so that I can learn so that the people mm-hmm. that are watching so that you can got, you guys can still keep learning on how to keep on creating a marriage. God's way. It's mm-hmm. just like, for me, once it get bad, I'm like, Nope, God, you ain't in this, but y'all just literally showed us an example of Christ being in the midst of the chaos. To oh, restore yeah. it his way, like, It literally Mm -hmm. was just, I'm blown (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) literally seeing the visualization of a storm, just clearing out everything that didn't belong there.
2: Oh yeah. So very true. Yes. The things that you, we hold on to in, in marriage, the thing that we hold on to, uh, as couples, that can be so disruptive god wants to just blow that away he wants it yes. he wants to remove it for our benefit so that we'll do better and the thing that i always pursued was happiness Yeah. and uh and i didn't have that as a kid and uh what i realized was that honestly holiness is what leads to happiness mm. we don't. we don't get whole we don't get happy and then get holy, get holy, and then we get happy. Ma, and,
1: I'm going to need you to put that on a
2: t-shirt. Yes. <laughs> All right. I'll send it to you.
1: <laughs> Please. Yeah.
2: Uh, I mean, that's the whole world is looking for happiness. And if we would surrender and yield, uh, we can have it in holiness. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um,
0: and I remember he'd been home um, this is probably three months after Mm -hmm. Easter and about a month after he had moved back home and he walked in the door one day after work and he said, guess what? And I said, what? And he said, I just realized today I'm happy. I'm Mm -hmm. really happy. Mm -hmm. And, and I've been pursuing holiness for three months. And it has produced happiness in my heart. It was Mm -hmm. like, wow, that was just a huge, it was a huge day that
2: that kind of came full circle for him. You keep chasing the right thing and you'll get the right result. And that has been, uh, holiness has been a game changer. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's for Jill and I, we just want uh, for every couple that's, that's, participating in this event that you can have the marriage you crave and the marriage you desire. And probably there's been a lot of you and a lot of your spouse in the way. So let's let's surrender, get out of the way and let's watch God do a cool thing in your relationship.
1: Yeah. If you guys can just leave um, the couple's, and the singles, because I'm 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 clear that there's there's more than one type of, of person or person that's watching. If you can yeah. help us with one step, each of you one step that we can take today in our relationships, um, mm-hmm. to move towards the process of reconciliation. What would that be? Mm-hmm. I got my okay. pen out. Okay. <laughs> to me too. <laughs>
0: the one that I immediately think of is uh, stop listening to respond and start listening to understand. So start using when your spouse says something to you, um, maybe it's hard to hear. Maybe yeah. it, you disagree with it. Now's not the right time. Mm. You, you simply say, so what I hear you saying is, and you repeat it back to them. And then you say, is there more about that? Oh,
2: Hmm.
0: If you will learn to say, tell me more, do I have this right? Is there more about that? You will stop the defensiveness. You'll actually disarm defensiveness yeah. and you will, ha- y- your spouse will begin to feel heard and, um, and it will, it will deepen the intimacy, even if you're the only one who does it, mm-hmm. Right. even if you're the only one who does it.
1: Right. Thank Uh, you for that, Jill. And thank you for adding that piece on the end because I think sometimes mm -hmm. we think it has to be both of us that's doing the same thing and we can kind of get stuck there. So thank you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
0: And I'll tell you what, you know, I shared with you Romans 12, nine through 21. And if you go and read that, um, you know, I mean, it really says that, you know, it's kind of how to love people that are unlovable or that are hard to love. And, um, I did that for nine months when mm. he was not doing it. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. and he and he later said to me, "How have you treated me so kindly when I treated you so poorly?" Mm-hmm. And I uh, and I said to him, "I don't know. It's unhumanable." And we were laughing about that. Like I don't even know where that word came from. And I went to my Bible and I wrote "unhumanable" next to it. Mm-hmm. And I think "unhumanable" is when. We learn how to do things God's way and we do it because it's the right thing to do. It's not because it's going to get, I mean, honestly, I saw no benefit from it for nine months, Mm -hmm. but it, but it was touching his heart. It was touching his heart deeply. And so even though I didn't think God was working and I didn't think that was making any difference,
1: it was touching his heart. Mm -hmm. Jill, you preaching today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For nine months, no benefit. You just, I'm just thinking about a woman who's carrying for nine months and she can't see that baby.
0: Nope. But she
1: she chose to do the right thing because she knew that she was nurturing something. There was no reciprocity. No.
2: Right. No.
1: Yeah. And it
0: comes back (laughs) down. I had my marching orders Mm -hmm. and that's all I could do was my marching orders. And it
2: wasn't.
1: Y'all yeah. came to clean up hearts today.
2: Mm, mm. Yep, that's Mark.
1: Ma, what would your What would your one step be that couples can take? Um, today? like well, put it. Yeah.
2: Um. So often we have a lot of trash that's running around in, in our heads, and it's that trash that's uh, full of judgment and venom and bitterness towards our spouse. And we may not voice it, but it's totally fueling our action. Mm -hmm. And so to practically start dealing with that, stop assuming and start asking. Mm. We interact so often out of assumptions. Yes. Those assumptions most often are not right. Yes. And, and, uh, and so if we would start asking our thoughts and clarifying our thoughts with our spouse, we could really uh, start to remove a lot of that trash. And, Absolutely. and I would say dump the trash because it's killing you. <laughs> so I gave you two things.
1: <laughs> Y'all trying to make me pass out today. Yeah. Stop <laughs> assuming and start asking. Yeah. Stop listening to respond, but listen to actually understand. And I think those are two things that we can really Mm
2: -hmm. try
1: to put into practice immediately. And this is just for you guys that are listening. We will try and try and try. Be okay with with going in, messing it up and trying again and trying to get muscle that has to be worked Um, with that being said, because y'all. Y'all gonna shut the platform down? I can't. I, I, I can't give them another video for today. This is a, <laughs> this is a full yep. five course meal. Mm-hmm. So can you guys just please, with wherever your hearts feel led, led, to pray by the Holy Spirit? You guys, please just both of you. Um, sure. Yeah. Come, let's let's pray for the people. Let's. Yeah. Y'all all right with me? I'm telling you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We'll pray. Absolutely. Oh, Father God, we just thank you so much uh, that you laid upon Siobhan's heart to do this. Yeah. We thank you, Father, for the work that is um, it is happening in the hearts of those that yeah. are watching these videos. Lord, we pray against pride right now. We pray against pride because pride is what holds us up from growth. Yes. So, Father God, replace pride with humility allow each person that's watching this to own what they are bringing to the dysfunction of their marriage Mm. and and to recognize that that is a strength. Father God, that is not a weakness. That is a strength. Mm. So I pray father God um, for those that are in a 1.0 place and they know that things need to change. And father, I pray that uh, that you would help them to identify out of, out of this uh, conversation we've had today, just one thing, one thing, next step that they know that they need to to make. Mm-hmm. And so I pray, Father God, that um, the places of fear that want to uh, raise up in them, that you would replace mm-hmm. that with the God tool of courage. Yeah. Yes. Father God, the places of uh, judgment that wanna raise up that, that you would replace that with a God tool of acceptance. Yes, uh, I pray, Father God, that um, that the places where uh, we are demanding our own way, it would be yes. replaced with the prayer, Lord, I, I want to do things your way. Yes, Lord. move mm-hmm. me out of the way and let me let let me put you in the driver's seat of my life.
2: Yeah. So, I pray for the men who uh, are silent and thinking that uh, this is the right thing when, not to be aggressive, but uh, their wives are wanting to hear their voice and their, their kids are wanting to hear their voice. And so, Lord, I pray that you would empower men, give them courage to take hold of their voice and lead. Mm -hmm. I pray too for the hurt for the single men and women that are listening and for the married couples that are hurting are without hope. Mm -hmm. God, you, you are hope. And that's what Easter is all about is Mm -hmm. hope. Mm -hmm. And so Lord, I pray that you would ignite and fan that flame of hope inside of every person that they would, surrender and yield to you and really take that posture that says, Daddy God, I'll do whatever you want. Let me know. Jesus is has made the way. He's leading us. Let us follow him and do what Daddy God wants. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's to you that we pray in Jesus' name for every person. Mm-hmm. Amen.
1: Amen. 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 Thank you guys for tuning yeah. in today. If you would like to follow Jill and Mark Savage, you can click on the tab on the Click on Jill and Mark Savage and there you'll be able to find, um, find their outlets where you can find them on their social media platforms, their website. And if you would like to work with them, the information is there for you to do so. I pray that you guys have been blessed and heard something today, even if a small seed was planted, that you would take that small seed of faith and run with it to the the mercy seat of God. Thanks
0: for joining me today on the No More Perfect Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and follow so that you don't miss any future conversations. We also want you to know that we have three free eBooks for you. You can find them at jillsavage.org free. You can also find the show notes and links to anything we talked about over at jillsavage.org podcast. See you next week for another not perfect, but very important conversation about the real stuff of life.